And we're live. Sweet. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. I'm Brooke. And we are here with you guys to discuss 2019's The Lighthouse. Woohoo! Finally. Holy fuck, what a movie it was. Ugh. I'm a different man. <laughs> I was saying to you earlier, we need to fucking stop doing these heavy ass movies. We really do. We're taking its toll. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was really good though. I mean, we both waited till this to watch it. So. Yeah, and you had it on your fireplace, like just staring at you for like weeks. Yeah, kept it in the package so I wouldn't be tempted <laughs> to unwrap it or to watch it. But yeah, anyways, it was. I really enjoyed it, but we'll talk about it after. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's been up? Uh. Well, I kind of watched a movie last night. Three from Hell. Oh, did you? Yeah. How was it? I didn't finish it. No? I fell asleep for like 10 minutes, and then I woke up, and I was just still like 45 minutes left. This yeah. small movie's like two hours. Yeah. I was like, ah, I was going to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. From what I saw, is like I get the like negative like reviews on it. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like the other two movies at all. Oh, okay. And like uh, the girl that plays Baby, she's just like super over the top in this movie. Like, yeah. Just two, like times a hundred, like crazy. Oh, just really? kind of gets annoying after a yeah. while because i found she was even kind of getting annoying a little bit in the devil's reject oh and this one she's just over the top really yeah hmm. but nice i'll probably watch the rest of it sometime this week yeah yeah last night i watched the lighthouse for the second time just so i didn't miss anything and whatnot yep yeah and i wanted you to as well <laughs> yeah i uh i finished um well i started and finished within like a couple days that uh, I'm not okay with this show on Netflix. Oh, you finished it? Yeah, I mean, it's only like seven episodes, oh, like okay. 20 minutes each. So oh, shit. Okay. It was super quick, but it was good. I, I really liked it. Yeah, you're going to check it out too. The <laughs> the last episode, like at the end, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? It was crazy. <laughs> and like, I don't know, it was just wild, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I've been watching uh, Vikings and uh, the next episode that's coming up, there's a Blood Eagle that's going to be happening. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. And I'm, like, super nervous for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it's anything like what they did on uh, Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Hasn't really done much since we last sat down, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess before we jump into this, we'll do our podcast shout-outs. Um, as always, uh, number one, it's a horror podcast. Um, can't talk these guys up enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple great dudes. Check them out if you haven't already. Um, we are horrified. They're finally coming back from their month-long break, and I'm pumped. Uh, their first episode back, I think they're recording it tomorrow, mm-hmm. and it's going to be uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. So Nice. I'll probably still listen to it, but I wasn't a fan of that one. I wasn't a fan of the movie really either, but yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to check it out, get their take on it. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, we love horror. Uh, These guys just recorded two episodes yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. But anyways, yeah. So they released one kind of like last night transitioning into today. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm not sure when they're releasing the other one. But it should be an interesting one. This episode, they did their top 10 from the 2000s. Okay. Should be good, I think. And other than that, I think we're ready to go. Yeah. So like I said, we're doing the lighthouse this well, yeah, this morning. This is another morning episode. It's weird. <laughs> we got coffee instead of beers. That's right. <laughs> um, so the synopsis: two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity whilst living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the ni- or in the eighteen nineties. 
So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Synopsis is what a synopsis is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Lighthouse was directed by Robert Eggers. Um, you might recognize that name from uh, The Witch or The Vavitch, however you want to say it. The Vitch. <laughs> um, so, yeah, The Witch was his directorial debut, and this is his sophomore film. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is with horror directors. Like he's done, had to do other stuff, hasn't he? No. Like, not directed, but, like, even wrote. Oh, yeah. Like, I, his name just sounds super familiar. I, I think he has done other shit, but, like, these yeah. are his directorial. That's crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, directors in, like, I don't know. I've talked about it before, but, like, we're in a age of a whole new it's crazy uprising of horror. Yeah. Like, we got Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, Jordan Peele. Like, yeah. they're all, like, Jennifer Ken. Like, they're all doing, like, these really, really complex horror movies. Yeah. And they're like, awesome. I love yeah, them. Yeah, have a lot of meaning to them. They yeah. look gorgeous. Like, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I'm really enjoying this era of horror. Yeah, me too. Um, there's only two real main characters in this movie. Uh, Willem yeah. Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And Willem Dafoe plays Thomas Wake. If you don't know the name Willem Dafoe and you watch movies, then uh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. This guy has 135 acting credits. Um, he is in everything. Yeah, he's he, a legend. Yeah, like he's known to just like kind of try his hand in every film that will take yeah. him, basically. Yeah, like exactly. He's got such a wide range. Um, this movie, like this one in Boondock Saints, are probably my two favorite yeah like not favorite movies of his but like favorite movies of him acting like, yeah like his acting yeah like I've, I, he was phenomenal in this movie uh and then robert pattinson he played thomas howard or f frame winslow depending on uh what section of the movie you're in <laughs> um so his obvious movies are the twilight series yeah um they really kick-started his career i don't know if no they weren't his first because he was in harry potter he played yeah uh, he played cedric uh, yeah 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 but i mean like he was nobody back then uh he was also in high life which was i think a horror movie that came out a couple years ago okay i've never watched it but i've heard of it yeah i've seen it here and there but uh he was also in remember me which is Mm -hmm. a fucking heartbreaking movie yeah uh the lost city of z and he is in the upcoming batman movie Yep. Which I think kind of took everybody by surprise oh, yeah. a little bit. But I feel like Pattinson, like, everyone just thinks of him as Twilight guy. Yeah. But he's actually, like, a phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah. Like, this movie fucking yeah. wow. Yeah. I tried watching uh, Good Time last weekend, and I did not like it. What's Good Time? It's uh, it's the made by the Safdie brothers. This guy's a did Uncut Gems. Okay. And uh, it came out, like, last year, and he plays, like, he, him and his uh, handicapped brother like rob a bank, and then his brother gets taken to jail. And he has to, like try and get him out of jail. And okay, shit. Hmm. I just I didn't like it. No, but, yeah, but it's got a good rating, so I wasn't feeling it. What was it called again? Good, uh, good time. Good time. Yeah, it's okay. on Netflix. All right, yeah, I might look it up. But, uh, yeah. All right. Um, before we hop into the movie discussion, just a quick little bit of trivia that we thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, this kind of paragraph is basically foreign language to us. Yeah, we don't really yeah. know um, <laughs> filmography that much, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. Uh, so the film has an aspect ratio of one point nine to one, which is an almost square frame that was used in the early sound years by filmmakers, including Fritz Lang and G. W. Pabst. They chose the format because the spaces in the movie are meant to feel confined. It's more of a close-up movie than The Witch. The idea of widescreen only came about in the 1950s, so we wanted to take people back further than that. So that just it just goes to show like how much preparation goes into these yeah. movies sometimes, yeah. like especially like how we were talking in this day and age, like yeah, just so much research and thought goes into horror movies these days. It seems yeah, like the whole movie's in black and white. As yeah, well. that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I really wish I would have went to the theaters to watch this one, but mm-hmm. with movies like this, like. Where we live, the like closest theater that would show these are, is Ottawa, which is like an hour away. Yeah, it's just hard to get out there to watch movies. Um, and even Ottawa doesn't show like all of, like the small indie no, movies. It's, it's like you got to find like that theater kind of. That's, yeah, that's showing yeah. It. 
Yeah. Like this didn't play in Brockville? No. No? No. Okay. Neither did Parasite. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's only like eight or nine screens. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a pretty small theater, but. All right. All right. Want to jump into it? Let's get into it. All right. So it opens up, uh, shows an ocean on a ship, like coming to an island. Um, Pattinson and Defoe. So throughout the movie, I'm just going to keep calling them as Pattinson and Defoe because you don't learn their names until quite a bit into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so they arrive uh, on the island and they're pretty much swapping out with the other lighthouse keepers, like pretty much shift work. Yeah. Those two guys that they're swapping with, they yeah. were crew members. Like they weren't actually actors. That's what I kind of figured. Yeah. Cause even on like Gandhi B it's like, there's only like three people yeah. that are listed. Yeah. Um, so Pattinson's checking out like the whole lighthouse area and the living arrangements. Uh, Defoe has a peg leg and he, li- he limps a bit. Um, Pattinson's checking out their like living area and uh, he notices there's a tear in his mattress and then he finds like a, a mermaid statue like inside of it mm-hmm. then it cuts to Pattinson is throwing coal into like the engine room to I think I think it's like to power the lighthouse up I'm guessing yeah it's something like that yeah the first dialogue isn't like till 10 minutes into the movie yeah which I thought was like really cool just like you get to like experience like Mm-hmm. the island with Pattinson. And it's almost like they're, it's, it shows more of the sense of solitude. I find like, yeah. Like, cause they don't know each other. This is Pattinson's first time doing this. Yeah. And, uh, Defoe is like this old seasoned veteran, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't really want to talk to the new yeah. guy. I don't know. I thought it was cool. Either. And like all you hear like a lot during like the first half of this movie <laughs> is just the foghorn. Yeah. And it's like super eerie and like loud and, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Defoe is like kind of like the captain of the island, kind of like he's like the experienced worker. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much tells uh, Pattinson what to do and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, they're being stationed there for four weeks. Pattinson's job is to pretty much do all the heavy lifting, the cleaning, the working, just doing all the hard work at the place. And Defoe. Uh, he just looks after the light itself. And I think he's like called like a wiki. Yeah. It's his job. Um, so then during this whole movie, like you don't know what's real and what's not because Pattinson dreams a lot. Mm-hmm. So you might hear me say like he might be dreaming or not. So uh, Pattinson's having a dream. He's like outside smoking. And then like he looks up at the lighthouse and there's just a naked William Defoe standing up there at the top. Yeah. Um, and then he like just starts like walking like towards the ocean. Then he's walking into it, and then he like goes underneath the ocean. And then like you just see like a mermaid swimming. Yeah, there's all these like tree stumps, and then they kind of move away. And then there's yeah. uh, it's like a body floating in the water. Yeah. So he's going out to see that. But... Yeah. Yeah, that part was really creepy. Like yeah, whenever he goes was. underwater and sees that mermaid. Yeah. So then the next day, uh, Pattinson's like carrying a bag of like sand or something to like throw in like the scepter tank, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is actually. But. Yeah. I don't know either. Then he's like up on the ladder. He's repairing the shingles on a roof. And this is where we get like our first look of like weirdness. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he like tears off one of the shingles and then like, he just like looks inside and there's, I think it's William Defoe just humping someone or something. <laughs> I don't know. His mattress. Maybe that's all. Oh, maybe that's what the hole in the mattress is for. You think he was fucking the mattress? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. That's fucking weird as fuck. Have uh, you ever seen Big Mouth? Like the cartoon on Netflix? Yeah. And the guy fucks his pillows? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Pattinson's like uh, carrying a wheelbarrow. And then he's like trying to get into like a smaller building. And the seagull is there in front of him. And the seagull is missing one eye. And it's, like, blocking his path and won't move. And he's, like, get away, go. And it's, like, just not moving at all. Um, Yeah, so it just doesn't move out of his way for, like, five minutes for some reason. Yeah. And then uh, Pattinson is carrying, like, this big, heavy-ass oil keg all the way to the top of the lighthouse. Like, he's struggling. Yeah. And then he gets up to the top. um, And then he tries to go into, like... Above where the top is, there's like a grate where the actual light is, where it's where Defoe works, and uh, Pattinson tries to go up there, but then Defoe comes out of nowhere and just says, no, don't, you can't go up there. Yeah. 
he says never go out there and like he gives him has him this like small like can jerry can pretty yeah. much is like hey man just use this <laughs> carry that thing all the way to the top then he makes him take that keg all the way back down too yeah <laughs> um so then they're at that night time they're about to have dinner and uh before they eat defoe always like says like a rhyme right before dinner and like defoe talks in like this like old school like it's like a swashbuckling yeah kinda, swashbuckling yeah. way and it's fucking perfect yeah um he said something about doldrums um, which I looked up, it's a state, a period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so Defoe's last second died, which I guess is like the person who was before Pattinson, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he went mad, said the light was magical. Um, then they're like talking about the, se- the seagull that he saw, and uh, Defoe says it's bad luck to kill a seagull. And like Pattinson says, oh, more tall tales. And then like Defoe like kind of gets upset about that. Yeah. So he said it's bad luck because uh, seagulls are the vessels for the souls of dead seamen. Yeah. So yeah. But did they say how? I don't. Yeah. No. Never mind. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then at nighttime, um, Pattinson's like sleeping, and then the seagull shows back up at his window. Like taps on it, and like Pattinson like wakes up, and then it's it leaves. Yeah. So like this seagull is clearly someone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get our first uh, masturbating scene in the movie. <laughs> uh, there's multiple, so <laughs> uh, yeah. Pattinson's like holding the statue and like masturbating off to it. Super weird. Um, then I think he like starts dreaming again. Maybe he sees Defoe naked in front of the light again, um, and then he like wakes up and he's working again. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of like it's almost like he just zones out completely and like has like days yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So then they're like back inside, and then uh, Defoe says confronts him, is saying that he's neglecting his duties, and like he keeps pointing to like this spot <laughs> on the ground, and he's like. You missed that spot, and then Benson's like, "No, I scrubbed that spot." And just yeah, Defoe kept twice. going. Yeah, no, you didn't. And just he Defoe like says, "I'll tell you to do it, do it again until until I say to stop." Like I'll get you to yeah. tear, take he, every nail, take every nail out of the floorboards or something. He said, "Yeah, he said something along the lines like if if I tell you to pull every single nail." out of every single floorboard and then suck the rust off the nails until they're <laughs> shining silver and then put them all back together and then do it all again. Ye will do it. <laughs> and like, it's like probably a minute and a half of him just oh, like going yeah. to town on him. And it like, that scene was fucking awesome. Yeah. Cause like you could tell that Defoe did it. Like it was almost like he didn't take a breath. Yeah. He just yeah. like going and going and going. And like for him to re- like, I think I mentioned that whenever we were watching it too, like for him to remember all that, like especially it's basically a different language it is yeah so like to remember all that and to go on that much of a tirade like it's awesome yeah um so then the next day pattinson's outside working again in the pouring rain i think pattinson's starting to lose his mind a little bit um then uh pattinson's like painting the lighthouse he's on like a little like swing to defoe is like controlling (laughs) controlling him and stuff and then Pads is like freaking out. He's like, "Oh, hold on!" And then I was like, "Oh, stop moving!" <laughs> <laughs> and then it breaks, and uh, he falls to the ground, like probably good, like six, seven feet. Yeah. Then he like wakes up, and the the one eyed seagull is like on top of him, pecking um, at like his knee, pecking at his leg, and then yeah. Pattinson's like trying to get him to leave, and he won't leave, and then it starts like ripping his pants and stuff. So then back inside, uh, they're like. Pat- Defoe's like on the table and then Pattinson's like in front of the doorway and then like Pattinson like moves for a second there's like someone standing like in the doorway yeah. behind him I, I couldn't I tell. did notice it the second time we yeah because I missed that the first time it's in the trailer too yeah um so I don't know who that was maybe it was his second Defoe's second like his first guy his first guy maybe. yeah maybe um so then uh 
Pattinson tells Defoe that his name is Efrain Winslow, and he was a timberman before this in northern Canada. Shout out. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Pattinson, like, doesn't really have a job. Like, he just kind of... It's basically a drifter. A drifter, yeah, that's what Defoe calls him. Yeah. And, like, Defoe says that he has has a wife and two kids, and he's been gone for 13, 13 Christmases, and uh, his job's a wiki. And then, like, Defoe, I think um, Winslow says, like, he... He wants to make $1,000 a year or something like that. Yeah, he was saying that he'd heard from somewhere that he could make 630 to to $1,000 a year mm-hmm. uh, by working on a lighthouse. Um, and the further out to see the lighthouse is, the more money you make. Yeah. But uh, Defoe says, too, that he used to be a sailor. Yeah. And I think he said he breaks his leg. Yeah, he says that later on in the movie. Oh, is it later on? A little, a little bit, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, and then this is the part you mentioned before where um, uh, Winslow is like telling him like about the seagull and stuff, and then yeah. Defoe is like, "Oh, the gulls are the souls of sailors that met their maker." Yeah. So then, um, at nighttime, Pattinson's looking up at the light, and then he goes up to the top, like underneath it, and uh, this part was super fucking weird. <laughs> we were both like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" Um, so he's like underneath the grate where you can't go up and like you see Defoe just standing there and he's like making like moaning noises and like you think he's masturbating and then like you just see this like white goop, goop like fall from the thing and like the, me and Mark watched it together the first time I saw that where it was like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Because they, like, they really make it look like it was. They like, did. Yeah. Um, and then like you see like a tentacle like go across the gate the grate um so like i've seen like a few people mention that like in this movie it might be like cthulhu yeah possibly but yeah they've compared this to like a modern day lovecraft kind of movie. yeah yeah so then uh the next day pattinson's doing his his work and then he sees a, a dead seagull in the septic um the one-eyed seagull comes down and then starts squawking and attacking winslow and then this surprised the fuck out of both of us. He just grabs it and just starts smashing the shit out of the seagull. And, <laughs> wow. Like, I forget what Avengers movie it is, but you know whenever, like, Hulk does the Hulk smash on Loki? <laughs> That's all I can yeah. picture. Just yeah. fucking pounding it off the rock. Just fucking blood going everywhere, and he's... Oh, man. It's, it's like, bad. it's torn to shreds. Like, oh, it goes yeah. from, like, a like a two-foot bird to, like, a six-foot bird yeah. just because everything is, like, just tore apart yeah. on it. Um, and then it like cuts up to the top of the lighthouse onto the, uh, uh wind, wind, not wind chime, but the direct, the wind director. Oh thing. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know what you mean like the, yeah, the thing that's on like the top of Barnes and <laughs> yeah, shit like yeah. that, that says the direction of the wind. Yeah. So then I think the wind is going east maybe. And then it like spins around to west, I think. So basically like he kills it and then the, it changes the, the wind, um, and then it's the curse before the like the storm. Yeah. And then uh, Winslow leaves tomorrow, I guess. I guess it's been four weeks already. Um, it's kind of surprised us. Like, yeah, it seemed like that four weeks went by quick, mm-hmm. like in movie terms. Um, so they're kind of like celebrating them leaving. They're like both taking shots at dinner time. And then this is um, where Defoe like talks about how he broke his leg and he hasn't been the same since. Yeah, like he used to be a sailor. Defoe, we learn his his name is Thomas Wake. Um, I don't. I think you mentioned when we watched it together that they're not supposed to be drinking on the job. Yeah. So towards the start of the movie, um, Defoe asks Pattinson if he wants a drink or something like that, and yeah. Pattinson has this like lightkeeper manual basically okay, yeah and it's like all the rules and like what you're supposed to do while you're mm-hmm. there and something like that and then he said that he read in that manual that drinking is forbidden or something like that mm-hmm. and then right. uh defoe kind of like makes fun of him throughout it like yeah oh i don't take you as a reading man kind of oh, stuff right, like that, that part yeah, yeah yeah so then they're like taking shots all night the next morning um winslow wakes up and they're both like passed out on the floor and like he wakes up and there's like these two bowls, <laughs> bowls between their beds, and like 
the first time me and Mark <sighs> were like, the fuck is that? And then like you see him like pick it up and take it out to like the ocean and then we're like, the oh, wind's really blowing. The wind's really blowing and it's like, really, somebody realizes, oh, it's the shit and piss buckets. <laughs> and Winslow just like throws the bowls like into the water or tries to and the wind comes and blows it all back in his face <laughs> and you just see like the shit fly in his face and he's just like ah! yeah, screams. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. so gross so then he's like walking back um to the uh to the lighthouse and then he sees uh, a mermaid like on the rocks mm-hmm so he goes over and sees her, and she's like, I think she's dead. And then she's, like, covered in seaweeds and shit like that. And he's, like, it starts off, like, on her face, and then the camera just kind of pans down. Yeah. And you can see, like, the gills on her side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then they're back. So he doesn't tell Wake that he saw this, the, the mermaid. No, but he comes back, like, visibly kind of fucked up. Yeah, over it. yeah. Um, so they're waiting with all their things, like, on the, the island, waiting for the ship to come back. Uh, the ship doesn't show up, and they go back inside, and then Wake is, like, saying that the ship came weeks ago. Yeah, and the rations are running low. Yeah. Um, so you don't really know how long they've been on this thing for. I think, uh, Thomas mentions it later. Yeah, well, because, like, uh... Pattinson was like, well, um, what do you mean? Like we need to start rationing or something like that. And, and, uh, he mentioned something about how like, oh, we just missed the ferry, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then, um, the foe was like, no, we missed it like weeks ago. And yeah. I've been telling you that we've need, that we need to ration everything <laughs> and you keep yelling at me saying that yeah. we're not going to blah, blah, blah. And now everything's like gone to shit. Yeah. Like you said, like we think they've only been there four weeks, but like how yeah. long has it actually been? Yeah, exactly. So then Wake um, takes Winslow outside and has him, has him dig up some rations that I guess he knew about. Yeah. Uh, turns out it was just more, more liquor. <laughs> so then back inside, um, they're making dinner, and uh, Winslow like slips a knife into his back pocket. And then we are introduced to the best scene in the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, so they're both like having dinner. They're both pretty hammered right now. And then like they start, I don't know how this comes up, but they start talking about how to eat grass without teeth. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing. Like they go on for like five minutes about like cows and how they eat yeah. without teeth and shit like that. And then we get the famous like, what? What? So there's like yeah. back and forth screaming what at each other. Yeah. <laughs> their uh, their chemistry was amazing. It really was. Like it seems like they yeah. had worked together like multiple times yeah. before, but um, and then this like kind of starts the fight. Winslow says like he says like kind of says like oh if I had a steak I'd fuck it. <laughs> it's like we're like what? <laughs> he like goes on about how he doesn't like uh, Wake's cooking. And then, like, Thomas gets, like, super offended and, like, super sad about it. You like my lobster, He's like, you love me lobster, though. (laughs) Uh, Um, So, a bit of trivia on that scene. mm -hmm. Um, Defoe filmed his part all in one take on that. Really? And he didn't blink for... It was either he didn't blink for almost two minutes or for over two minutes. Wow. Because, like, the whole time he's just, like, staring at him like that. But yeah. He did that all in one take. That's amazing. Um, so then at bedtime, Winslow is, like, um, he's up at the lighthouse and he's trying to break into it. He can't get in, get in obviously. Um, so then he goes back down to the beds and he's he tries to steal the key from Thomas Wake, who has it, like, beside him. Then, like, Thomas wakes up for, like, a quick second and then, like, says, like, something like, what a queer way to wear your shoes or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, So then he was, like, about to stab Thomas and then he doesn't. Yeah. And then we get to the, probably the most weirdest scene in this whole movie. Uh, Winslow's, like, masturbating and, like, there's always, like, these flashes to him, like, having sex with a mermaid. Yeah. And then you get to see a mermaid vagina. Uh, I got some trivia on that too, if you want to hear it. Go for it. 
Did I send you this part? No, no you told me. I told you, you told me about okay. it. Yeah. Uh, just give me one second. I'll find it here. Um. Oh, there it is. Uh, the design of the mermaid's genitals were based on shark labia and were constructed entirely out of silicone. Eggers on the backstory, the mermaid on the Starbucks cup that has two tails is based on an early mermaid design. Medieval and Renaissance mermaids were always split so that these anima figures of male fantasy could perform their role that had been unfairly thrust upon them by their male imaginers. So there's more, but basically with that, the tail was split so that men could have sex with the mermaids Damn. in those days. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no surprise in the Victorian era where everyone was more like kind of bundled up. Yeah. Yeah. They closed the mermaids up and made them impenetrable. So that single tail mermaid silhouette has become the archetype archetypal, mermaid look for people today and also what a mermaid would have looked like in the period of this movie but we still had to figure out how mermaids can copulate and create more mermaids so we studied shark genitals huh. <laughs> but it's like a really weird yeah it's like we're both like what the fuck um so yeah then he's like masturbating then he kind of like gets out of like his i don't know zen i guess I don't yeah know. and then he just like stabs the uh the mermaid statue that he was jerking off to yeah it breaks it in half i think breaks it in half yeah um so then winslow's outside he's pulling up the lobster cage and there's a head in it and i, I forget it was it missing an eye yeah okay so that is where that seagull is coming from yeah because it's like the vessel of that uh, defoe's like second dead. yeah yeah well first guy yeah yeah so then they're at uh, dinner again. Um, another amazing scene between them. They're like drunk, and then they they start like dancing. <laughs> Defoe does this like amazing like little jig, and he has this big beard. And, oh yeah. man, it's just amazing. Then like they start like slow dancing together, and they kind of like <laughs> embrace a bit, and then like Winslow like kind of like gets offended by it and like backs off, and then they start like fighting each other. Yeah. They're constantly, like, in a love-hate relationship. Like, they are, yeah. In the second half of the movie, like, whenever they start drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, so then Winslow tells uh, Wake that... Well, he, like, says, like, something about, like, can you keep a secret or something? And, like, Defoe's like, oh, I don't want don't want no stories or secrets or yeah. something like that. So basically, Winslow tells Wake that Ephraim Winslow was the name of a guy that he killed when he was a timber. Um, his real name is Tom Howard. Did he kill him or did he just watch him die and he didn't do anything about it? I think he just watched him die yeah. and didn't do anything yeah. about it. But then he stole, so he basically stole that guy's name so he yeah. could have a clean slate, but yeah. he didn't really do anything. So then later that night, uh, Tommy, well, I must just say Winslow, because there's two Toms now. <laughs> so Winslow gets to the top of the lighthouse and he's like outside and then like Tom is awake, like, shows up and like pushes him down is like buck ass naked and then like there's like light kind of like the lighthouse light is like shining with his eyes like down onto it's onto very winslow yeah it's very much like a greek mythology kind of yeah, yeah that it. part yeah definitely 100 yeah. yeah yeah i get that part so then the next day um winslow is trying to leave in like the small boat and then like it's pouring rain and then like <laughs> Wake just, like, shows up out of nowhere, like, this axe, and just, like, starts going nuts, like, smashing the boat. Don't leave me! Yeah, and then, like, Wins, like, run away, and then, like, Wake is, like, trying to run after him with the axe, but he can't because he has a peg leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, like, back in, they're, like, so, like, they're, like, back to normal, almost. They're, like, just talking, and then, like, Wake, um, killed his first guy. Yeah. That's what Winslow says. Now they've run out of liquor, and now they've um, now they're starting to drink the oil out of the can, which is oh, fucking so disgusting. Gross. Yeah. So they're inside getting hammered. There's a huge storm outside. Um, the window like smashes in through the watt from the waves and shit. Then the next morning, like everything's destroyed in their their house. Um, Tommy like finds like a, some sort of book, and then he's like reading it. Then he like, punches the clock and, like, busts up his hand. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Wake is just kind of, like, lying in the water. And then, like, uh, Winslow goes over to him. And then 
Wake is like, what happened to your hand? And then Winslow tells him about the book he found. So it's basically, a, yeah, it's, that's Defoe's like, like log book. Yeah. 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 So basically he, in it, he's saying how Winslow doesn't do his job properly and mm-hmm. just fucks around and that, uh, he should get fired without pay. Mm-hmm. So then Winslow goes mad and then they kind of like fight and shit. And then like, they like cuts outside and then <laughs> Defoe's like tied up like a dog and Winslow's like yeah. carrying him out. Bark dog. Yeah, bark dog. But, like, while they're fighting uh, Winslow or Pattinson, however mm-hmm. you want to... Yeah. He, uh, he's on top of um, Oh, yeah, I totally Defoe, forgot about that part. And he's, yeah. like, punching him, and Defoe starts off, like, as... Or as, uh, as the guy that Pattinson... Saw. Killed. Oh. Oh, that's who it was? Yeah, the oh, blonde-haired okay. guy. That's the guy that he oh, killed. okay. Or, like, saw watched guy. die, yeah. And then it switches to, I think it switches to Defoe, like yeah. normal. And then it switches to Defoe as like Poseidon kind of thing. Like he's got like tentacles and shit. Yeah. He's got it? tentacles and he's got like barnacles all over his yeah. face and he's, it looked like a crown on his head. Yeah. So like I, from what I've read, it's supposed to be like an interpretation of Poseidon. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like it just like, he just kept switching, switching, switching. And then finally he, uh, He's like beating him to a pulp. Yeah. And Defoe's like, you're killing me. And yeah. And he finally stops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he like, is like making Thomas wake, uh, like walk like a dog. He like takes him over this hole and like tells him to get in the hole. And then um, Winslow's like, just starts throwing dirt on him. And then wake is like still talking and stuff like this. And there's like dirt, like <gasps> going like in his mouth. And like Defoe is still like, fucking chewing it and like you just like you can feel the dirt in your mouth i was gagging watching it you were, yeah and i'm like gagging right now just yeah. picturing it. yeah oh it's so yeah. disgusting and it's like not even like like i don't know yeah. just the thought of all that dirt in your mouth just fucking yeah me crazy i know um so he pretty much buries thomas wake and then like he pretty much has him all the way buried and then he he remembers about the key that he has so he takes the lighthouse key and then he um, he goes inside, and then like Thomas Wake like comes running in with the axe and like smashes Winslow in the arm with the axe, and then like Winslow just like punches him in the face and <laughs> knocks him down, and just grabs the axe and just fucking right to the head, yeah, and kills him. Um, so then Tommy goes up, sorry, Winslow goes up to the light top, like where the light is. And he's just like staring at the light, and like it's like the sound it makes. Like um, yeah. it's really it makes you feel like the light is like magical. Yeah, like or something to it. He's just like staring at it. Then like the door to the light opens up, and then like he's just like staring at it. But you can't see what's inside because it's like kind of like the camera is facing Winslow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it just goes black and then like cuts to the next day and Pattinson's just lying on the rocks with his eyes gouged out and seagulls are all on him ripping apart his flesh. Yeah. And he's still yeah, he's still alive and it's just yeah. like barely, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. That was yeah, that's the the end of it. <laughs> that's the way the blood splatters. Yeah, and it fucking splattered in that last like ten minutes. It did. Yeah, so that's the movie. So yeah. Um this movie like I said to you before we started recording, like I've been reading up on it for like the past two days, trying to yeah. fucking figure out everything that's in it. Yeah. Um, I was saying to Sarah, like this movie's going to be the fucking death of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- like there's just so, so, so much. Like, did you do more research before you watch it a second time? Or did you watch it the second time and then do research? No. So I started off doing the research in between viewings and then I rewatched it last night. Yeah. And then I did some more research yeah. this morning. So like, did you pick up on anything? Yeah. Viewing? Yeah. So after the first time we watched it, I looked into like, there's a lot of Greek mythology in this. I'm not like super familiar with Greek Me mythology. Either. I think it's really cool. Shit, yeah. But I'm just, yeah. Like, like I know, like the the basics of it. Like, yeah. I could probably have like a very light conversation yeah. with somebody about it. But, um, so in this, it like, I'm gonna go more in depth about it. But, 
In this one, it kind of follows the mythology of Proteus and Prometheus. So that's the stuff that I kind of looked looked yeah. up after the first time we watched yeah. it. And then the second time I watched it last night, and then this morning I was looking up like Sirens and Cthulhu and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and like what the ending meant. <clears throat> but uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the, the actual Greek mythology now if you want. Yeah. This um, is like Prometheus, like the same like alien prequel Prometheus no, 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 or like totally no, different. It's something different. Well, I guess it's kind of the same. I haven't watched that movie forever, but I, yeah. I think it maybe yeah, it might have the same premise. Um, so Proteus was one of myths first old men of the sea. So he oh, okay. had like all this knowledge, like he knew everything about everything. Yeah. Um, and he was a friend to like sea monsters and beasts and shit like that. Mm. But he never wanted to share any of that information with anybody that he ever talked to. Right. So it's kind of like this, right? Yeah. Whereas Defoe is Proteus. He knows yeah. everything there is to know, but yeah. he doesn't want anybody else to take over his role. Right. And then with Prometheus, so Pattinson falls into this. So he was kind of like a trickster Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he most famously stole fire from the gods and, or, so the humans had fire and the gods stole the fire back from them as like a punishment for whatever it was. I don't remember now. So Prometheus, who was a Titan, he went up and stole that fire back from the gods and giving it back to humanity, yeah. which then sparked like this intelligent life in humanity yeah. kind of thing, which brings us to the end of the movie. So uh-huh. I'm going to jump forward a bit. Um, Prometheus met his end. Um, by Zeus ordering him to be chained to a rock where an eagle would arrive every day to pick out and eat um, Prometheus's liver. And every day, huh. Zeus would make that liver grow back, oh, and every fuck. day the eagle would come back and eat it. That's fucked So up. it was just like constant torture until the yeah. day that he died. That's insane. Yeah. So that's where that ending comes from, where the seagulls are kind of ripping apart Pattinson. Right. Holy fuck. Yeah, man. Like this. Movie, <laughs> that's like, fucked. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. The shit that I've like, yeah, have been reading on it. Um. So, and then, I guess moving into well, I've always thought that sirens were mermaids, but it's not true. Yeah. So I didn't because I remembered sirens in the witcher three because they like have planes and flew and shit yeah and i never even like clued into that yeah but yeah so in in the ancient ancient times like way back yeah bc kind of thing um they they were basically like harpies almost like yeah what we know so i wrote up too was basically mermaids um were women who sang to sailors to get them to fall in love with them and have babies and shit. Okay. And then sirens were kind of the evil version of them where they would sit on it like rocks and then they would sing and make the sailors or ships come to store crash and they yeah. kill them. Yeah. And I think there's a way for mermaids to turn into sirens, but I'm not hundred percent on that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that I've been trying yeah. to figure out with it, but, uh, like mermaid or the thought of sirens didn't become mermaids until like the 1200s oh, okay. kind of thing, like, like medieval times. Yeah. I guess. So sirens kind of turned into like a human bird fish hybrid sort yeah, of thing. Right. But, uh, <clears throat> there was apparently three different types of sirens in like early Greek mythology. Huh. And I forget what the names of them are. I had them written down, but, uh, basically one, worked with Zeus, one worked with, uh, like Hades. Yeah. And then one was for like the earth. Oh, okay. People. Huh. But yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's where the mermaid thing. And I don't know yeah. if they're depicted as sirens in this movie or if they're just mermaids. I don't know. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. So part of me, like the mermaid statue, like, it's calling to Pattinson, like, he's in love with it because he's clearly, like, masturbating to yeah. it and shit. But then, like, the siren's on the rock, so maybe they're, like, attracting him to kill him, like, at the end. But obviously that is, like, your take yeah. on it. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I... Like, yeah. I don't know. It's hard. That, that's one thing that... 
I've talked about, well, it's in my review of the movie, but like, it just leaves so much open. Really does, yeah. Like what, like I said, like there's not very many movies you have to research like two or three days to try oh, yeah. to figure what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But I mean, I, I enjoy it, but it's a little much at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then I looked up Cthulhu and I really couldn't find a whole lot about Cthulhu in regards to the lighthouse, like why it was there, right. what it was doing. So I'm just saying his name. Yeah, was. I'm just seeing his name pop up and people mention. Yeah, him, but like, but it's know. it's all like kind of hearsay. Yeah, like and people are comparing this to like a modern day Lovecraftian film. Yeah, but then other people are saying that it's not. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if it's actually supposed to be Cthulhu or if it's just if it was just like a figment of his imagination. Yeah. or what it was. Yeah. But yeah, well, now that I got that all out, <laughs> um, I, well, I, I'll talk about this right now too. So the, the lighthouse was actually loosely based off of a true story that happened in, uh, 1801. Um, I'm trying to, f- oh, I was in Wales. Oh, okay. So like in the UK. Yeah. Um, so it's called Small's Lighthouse. And there's, it's called the Smalls Lighthouse Tragedy that happened in 1801. Mm-hmm. So this changed the whole lighthouse policy as well. So back then, there was only a two-person team. Right. right? And then after this happened, it, they, turned, they turned it into a three-person team. Okay. So subsequently enough, both men in the real story were named Thomas. There's yeah. Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffith. And they were a two-person team that managed the lighthouse, and they were known to, like, fight a lot. Yeah. Like, they didn't like each other very often. Um, Griffith okay. apparently died in a freak accident, and Howell, uh, he feared that if he just, like, tossed his body into the sea, people yeah. might accuse him of yeah. killing him. So, as the body began to decompose, Howell built a makeshift coffin for the corpse and uh, lashed it, so I'm guessing he attached it to an out- outside shelf. Yeah. That was on the side of the lighthouse or the living quarters or something like that. Yeah. Um, The winds ended up blowing the box apart Mm -hmm. and the body's arm fell within view of the hut's window. Yeah. And as the winds would blow, um, the arm would kind of move and make it look like it was like waving at him. Um, So in spite of his former partner's decaying corpse and working the lighthouse alone, Howell was able to keep the, Oh, never mind. That's not part of it. Um, when he was finally relieved of his duty, though, the impact of the situation was so emotionally taxing that his friends didn't recognize him anymore. So, like, he just, like, yeah. went completely batshit crazy yeah. over it. But, right. yeah, so that ended up changing the policy to make it teams of three, yeah. which then continued into, like, the 1980s where lighthouses became, like, automatic yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah. They didn't have to fuel the fire or anything yeah. like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's like loosely based, but no, that's cool. That's all I got for all that all right. extra shit. Um, you want to jump into the reviews? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Do we go. go first? Yeah, you go. Okay. So, <laughs> so my story. Um, so my score is definitely 100% going to change on a second and third viewing. Even just hearing Mark tell me about all that shit, my score probably already changed. But for now, I'm going to give the story an 8 out of 10. Um, so there's so much craziness happening in, in this movie, it's hard to pick up on things on the first viewing. So I think that my score will change. But the story that they tell about like going mad is great. Um, you don't really know who's sane or how long they've been on the island for. Um, you don't know like what they're dreaming about and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, But after hearing everything about like the Greek mythology and stuff, like my score would definitely change after watching it a couple yeah. more times. Yeah. And quality, I uh, got 10 and 10. Um, perfect movie. Yeah. Acting's amazing. Both guys kill it. Um, I love the look of the movie, the black and the white and like the, the widescreen, not widescreen, but the aspect yeah. ratio. Yeah. Like I didn't know how I'd feel about it, but I fucking loved it. Um, the score and the sound design are great too. Um, just like, even like, just like the foghorn that you hear, like through the movie mm-hmm. is just so simple, but so, I don't know. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then the visuals in this movie look great. Yeah. Like the costume design, 
this everything in this movie is just perfect. Yeah. So ten out of ten. Cool. Um. Yeah. So I originally had the story at a seven out of ten, mm-hmm. and then I switched it to nine mm-hmm. after doing all this research. I could almost put it at a ten, but like I mentioned before, like there's just so much research that has to go into like fully understanding it. And yeah, I mean, it, it's super interesting to read up on, but at the same time, like I just want to be able to watch the movie and kind of be able to understand all. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the only negative thing I kind of had with it. But yeah, other than that, it's a fucking great movie quality. I also gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. My notes are literally fucking flawless movie in terms of acting, visual score, script and set. That is all. <laughs> like, like, like there's nothing yeah, else legit. to say like it's, it's fucking amazing yeah it's perfect for like in that regard yeah so we'll go to rotten tomatoes um the critics consensus a gripping story brilliantly filmed and led by a pair of powerhouse performances the lighthouse further establishes robert eggers as a filmmaker of exceptional talent and the scores do you want to guess what the critics gave it uh, critics, I'll say a 92. Okay, they gave it a 90, so you were close. Okay. On okay. 349 ratings. Yeah. And the audience gave it a 72% on 1,930 ratings. That makes sense. Yeah. The movie's not for everybody. No, it's definitely a very much like a critics kind of yeah. movie. Which really fucking surprised me that neither one of these guys yeah. got a nomination <sighs> for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. And it's like not even like the Oscars. They don't like horror movies, but this no, isn't, isn't even really a horror movie. No, and don't get me wrong. Like Joaquin Phoenix deserved to win. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, but like these guys should have at least yeah. had some sort of One recognition. Of them. It's crazy. Um, and like the other guys that were in it, like in the running. Excuse me, like Leonardo DiCaprio and um, fucking. Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, I think these guys could have been in there over that. Oh, yeah. Easily. In my opinion. But, anyways. It is what it is. Yeah. We can't change it. Nope. But if if the Academy's listening, we're not happy with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, this is... If you guys saw my post on Instagram the other day, this is kind of where the changes are going to be made. Yeah. Um, we're no longer going to be doing, uh, the, like a couple of reviews from Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. Um, and we're not going to be doing like the full blown trivia, like how we were doing. Uh, so moving forward, there's going to be, uh, I don't even like, what do we want to call it? <laughs> it's I don't know. just it's like the scare. So scare, scare section, scare section. Okay. We'll just keep it simple as that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump into that right after this. So our, we're going to start with a scare rating. Yeah. So I, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. All right. So I, I give it a one out of 10. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not scary at all. Okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I gave it a five out of 10. What? Yeah. Wow. But it's not for like fear, fear. It's like the psychological fear. Usually like on the other way around. Usually you're like low and then I go like high. I said, like, it's not a scary movie at all, but it's, like, yeah. the isolation and abandonment kind of, like, like you kind of feel like you're in there with them. That's true, and yeah. You, like, I don't know. I was just, like, kind of putting myself in that role. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It, maybe five's too high. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like my, three. maybe my second <laughs> viewing, I can really appreciate it because, like, the first viewing, you're just, like, just, like, what the fuck? What yeah. the fuck? What's happening? Yeah. Um, there's also, like, there's a decent amount of gore in it. And I said, like, but it was easy to watch yeah. in this because it was black and white. I, like, yeah, I don't find it as like, graphic because it's black and white. Yeah, I feel like the seagull scene would have been way more hard to watch. Oh, if it was, yeah. yeah. Like that and, like, the guy's head in the lobster trap. Yeah. and um, The end like, scene. Like, the end scene. Yeah. Like, there's some, like, yeah. decent amount of gore in it, but it That's was kind of dulled down a bit by the black and white. <laughs> um, did you have a scary, your scariest scene? Um, so I didn't have a scariest scene. I just went with the overall like theme of the movie. So I chose like the theme of like seeing Pattinson's descent into madness. Like it really gave me Jack Nicholson's vibe from the shining. Yeah. 
like right from the beginning when he finds the statue you see him like start having weird dreams like where you don't know what's real or not like like in the shining like um jack nicholson sees like all like the old people like in the dance ballroom and like the bartender and you don't know who's real and what's not and like how like does he trust thomas wake at all like is he actually seeing these mermaids and he's like tentacles and shit. Mm-hmm. So I just like the theme of seeing him going into madness and like, yeah. like you mentioned like the, um, confinement of like the Island and the lighthouse. Yeah. So that's what I went with. Yeah. Okay. So I, I picked two scenes that were like, they're not scary at all, but they're just like kind of those like, Holy fucking shit kind of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one was Pattinson Hulk smashing the seagull. Because, <laughs> um, like, it, it was just so out of nowhere. Like, it really we were just was. expecting him to, like, shoo the bird away yeah. for, like, the third or fourth time. But yeah. now instead he grabs it and just completely fucking yeah. obliterates it. Well, because he's, like, starting to go mad. Yeah. Like, he's just getting sick of the seagull. Yeah. And, like, Defoe's just like, don't do anything to the seagull. Yeah. yeah. And that was the scene that kind of sparked everything that happened afterwards. Right? Yeah. Um, and the second scene, I just picked like the, the very ending scene where the scenes yeah. are like ripping them apart. Yeah. Again, it's not scary, but it was like a, what the fuck kind of moment. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, so do you think you would survive your stay at the lighthouse? hundred percent. No, no, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I said, it depends on how long they're actually there for. Because, like, both guys go there already, like, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, they've they've already had things happen to them where their mental health is kind of faltered, I guess. True. So, like, if I'm going there as myself right now, yeah. I think I could last four weeks. But, I mean, if yeah. they're actually there for, like, eight weeks or ten weeks or however long it is, yeah. then no. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think also, I forgot to mention, but I think Defoe in the movie... He mentions like to Panson, like, what if you're not actually on this island? Like, what if you're yeah. just still Timmerman and you're just thinking about it? Yeah, like it's not even happening. I know, it's <laughs> so fucked up. Yeah, and yeah, so that's all I have. Cool. So another thing that we we're gonna add. Do you want to talk about it, or do you? Uh, want to wait? We may as well mention it. Like, we won't go into detail, okay. but we'll mention. So there's gonna be one more section that we're gonna add, but unfortunately, it wouldn't really work with this movie um but for the next one if we are still doing what we said we were going to do it will definitely work for that so um this next section will definitely be in that next episode yeah like most movies i think we could use what we're gonna use but this one was just too difficult yeah it's like more psychological than anything so it's hard to do it um but yeah anyways that's it do you want to talk about what we're doing next yep so um we're going to have kind of a, a villain, um, kind of like, not personality test, but with, like, character traits. So, basically, we're using, like, <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons, like, characters, traits, scores to rate the villains from the movie. Yeah. So, like, uh, we'll, like, so there's, like, six um, character traits. So, like, strength. Uh, measuring physical power, dexterity, measuring agility, constitution, measuring endurance, intelligence, measuring reasoning and memory, wisdom, measuring perception and insight, and then charisma, measuring force of personality. Um, So yeah, so like, um, I love D&D, so we're going to use, stick with that, so we'll be rating them from uh, 1 to 30. So like, for... So, like, constitution, endurance. So, like, someone like Jason or, like, Michael Myers, like, their endurance would be crazy high because, like, they just, those motherfuckers just keep going. (laughs) Whereas, like, um, charisma, like, Freddy Krueger has, like, super high charisma because his personality is just through the roof. Yeah. So, we're going to try that for a bit. I think it's going to be fun. And then we're going to, each of our scores, we're going to um, put them together and see what, like, the average is. And we're going to add up the average for that score. And then the next week, whoever the villain is, 
we're going to add up their scores and put them head to head, kind of like a a death match. Yeah. So we'll explain more like when we actually do it. <laughs> I'm excited for it though. I think me it's too. Be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Some different. Um. So yeah. And next week is going to be perfect to start it off because yeah. we're going to re-record Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that was an episode we recorded like, fuck, probably November. Like, yeah. It was supposed to be like our third episode. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, obviously we've talked about it before, but the audio was shit. So we had to can it and it's been long enough now. (laughs) I think we can go ahead and redo it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Jeepers Creepers. Look out for it. Yep. All right. All right. That's it. Okay. I will. Well, we'll talk later. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Thank you.